Welcome back, everybody, to Make Happiness Podcast. It's been like 36 years since we recorded a new episode, but, you know, we're back. It's it's alive and well, even during the COVID-19. Uh, you know, everyone's doing the whole Zoom podcasting thing, so here we are. Uh, today, I'm with Brooke Hofstad. Uh, we went to school together a while, like, you know, throughout middle school, and, you know, we've known each other growing up in childhood years, and she recently came out with her first book, and she's now gotten pretty into the writing scene. And I had no idea. And I was really excited when I saw this or one of my friends told me about it. So I was really excited to interview and talk to her and have conversations about it. So without further ado, we'll, um, I don't know, dive in. What, uh, what else is there to know about you, Brooke? Um, well, so I'm a student. Um, I graduate from the U in about two weeks. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and it's got me really excited to keep writing because now I'll have a lot more time because I was pretty free because I got furloughed from work. And that's kind of what pushed me to write the first book. Um, and now with school coming up um, and being done for me, I'm like, OK, I think I want to try to pursue this as a more active hobby. So yeah. so are you going to school for writing or what are you going no. to school for? <laughs> I'm actually going to school for something completely unrelated and actually really boring. Um, it's healthcare management. So, I mean, it's a practical degree, uh, which is kind of why I went into it, but it has nothing to do with writing at all besides just writing essays about like world healthcare systems. Right. So, yeah. What, how did you get into writing then? Let's start there and then like kind of go into the whole thing. Yeah. Um, well, I always have kept a journal. Um, and so when people have asked me how long it took to write this book, I say like seven years, <laughs> um, because there's actually a lot of poems in the book that came from a journal that I started when I was a freshman in high school. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I've always liked to write journal entries and poetry, mostly in like the notes of my phone. I do that all the time. Um, I think of something, I just write it in my notes on my phone. Uh, so it's just kind of always been something I've done. I just never had the time or really thought that I could do it myself as far as putting it all into a book as a collection. So. What, uh, like why is poetry specific, or specifically though, you know, how did you get into writing that? Mm, uh, well, I've always liked poetry. I think it's just, it's just beautiful. I mean, when you read a poem that really resonates with you, I mean, it's just, it, just amazing. Um, it's kind of like a song obviously, but you're not singing it. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I don't know. And poetry is so versatile. You can write it however you want. Like there's free verse. There's so many different types. So I like how there's not a whole lot of rules, which is nice. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I feel the same way. I, I love how creative you can get with it. You know, there's no right or wrong way to do it. I mean, a lot of people say, you know, there's certain structures and whatever, but you know, yeah. you don't have to follow them. You know, you can do whatever you want, which is cool. Right. You can just kind of, you can get like a flow going and just make up your own rules really, which is nice. Uh, so I want to talk about, so the, the book that you released, I forgot to mention, it's called The Art of Hurting, and you can yeah. buy it on Amazon, and uh, it's like pretty cheap, right? It's only like 15 yeah. bucks or less, like It's ten ninety nine. Well, it's so 15 it's with shipping. <laughs> oh, with shipping, yeah, 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 you got a point there. <laughs> um, yeah. So I wanted to kind of get into like the whole structure, you know, because there's kind of like three parts, although that's what I got, you know, it's how, explain that and kind of go into that a little bit. Yeah, so... When I first started, I didn't, I didn't really think about how I wanted to organize the book. Um, I figured I'll just right now think about that later, like the more technical parts of it. 
Um, but once I got to a certain part, I realized that there was definitely three main themes that I just consistently was writing about. And I was like, they're not all specifically connected. Uh, they're all different themes. You know, the first one's more about like romance and relationship trauma. The middle section's more about your family and, uh, issues with family life and things like that. Childhood pain. Um, and then the last part is about, uh, like body image, self-acceptance, uh, cause for me, I personally still am struggling with, uh, an eating disorder. So I wanted to write about that because I think that I've read a lot of poetry. I've never specifically read anything that talks about, um, eating disorders. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to make sure that I bring that, uh, to light. Cause it's an important topic. Yeah. I, I read that on the last section and I had no idea that, you know, you went through that or you had to deal with any of those issues, which is pretty crazy. So that was really yeah. cool to read that and kind of see that side and, you know, a lot of those stories that you shared and like, it was so eye-opening. It was like, wow, like I've never thought about that kind of perspective before. So that was really cool. Good. Yeah, I'm glad you felt that way. That was kind of, I mean, the, the I knew the title was going to be The Art of Hurting from like the very beginning because I have a really kind of dark type of aura when I write. I find myself writing about things when I'm like really sad. Um, I don't find myself writing when I'm particularly happy although not everything in there was super negative there were a couple positive ones but um yeah so I, I mean I knew the book from the beginning was going to just be kind of dark and gloomy but there's light at the end I think no definitely I I think you sprinkled in like the good poetry or like the happy stuff and like the positive things and like it all kind of comes full circle in the end too and like you know throughout mm -hmm. it it's really cool to see you know, you, you have the highs and the lows of, of everything, which is cool. But I wanted to touch on, uh, do you, so when you're in a darker place or kind of that like sad, depressing mindset, is that like when you're most inspired to write? Yeah. Um, uh, most often. Yeah. So like I kind of said about writing in my notes on my phone, <clears throat> I mean, most of the poems in this book came from kind of spur of the moment type of things. Um, like I would just be I don't know. Uh, I have this habit of sitting in a parking lot in my car for like hours and just kind of messing around on my phone or reading a book or I don't know, staring out into space. Uh, so I'll just like think of something and I'm like, Ooh, I like how that sounds. And I just write a little piece of it down into my phone notes. Um, so yeah, it's not very formal and I do it mostly when I'm going through tough times or if I just think of something randomly and I think it sounds nice. Do you, uh, do you when you write in your notes is it usually like one you know some a couple lines or like some really small story and then you like trying to piece different things together later on like trying to look back at it or how do you like what's your writing process like yeah it's a little bit of both so I have pieces in my notes like right now because I, I started a second and a third book they're not completely related but I have ones that are really long like if I'm really like in a certain mental space it's super easy for me to write like three paragraphs um there'll be times where I'm laying in bed like half asleep and all of a sudden I think of something and that sounds cliche but it's honestly the truth it'll be just like one line and then I go into my notes and there's just a million different notes of different little one line phrases and then yeah I'll try to piece them together to something more, more like coherent but yeah. usually they don't make a lot of sense in the beginning definitely and I think it's super random too I've had places like you find that inspiration of those weird one line you know things yeah. that are awesome that are just like in the like when you're half asleep or when you're like at work doing something completely unrelated but then for whatever reason you just think of something it's yeah weird. oh yeah right I'll be at work I'll write things on post-it notes and I'll like stuff it in my back pocket and then I'll get home take it out write it down so 
it kind of just, I think that's when the best writing happens is when you're just not really looking to write something. I think that's why when I sit and I try to force myself to do it, I find myself not very inspired. So I kind of have to wait for the moment to kind of catch me and then I'll try to sit down and maybe do something more formal. Okay, gotcha. Do you listen to music when you write or like to get inspired at all or no? Yeah, I do, but I can't listen to anything that has lyrics because I have such a, like an ADHD type of personality. Like you probably noticed I talk with my hands a lot. It's super hard for me to sit still. So if I'm listening to music that has lyrics, I end up like drifting off into the the words that I'm hearing instead of uh, what I'm trying to write. So I like to listen to like, um, what is it like the 42 like Hertz or whatever. I forget what it's called specifically, but it's like more like neural beats. I don't know. Things that are okay. just sounding like wubs. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It doesn't even really sound like music sometimes. No, I've definitely, I've never heard of that, but I'm curious. I listen to, uh, have you heard of Explosions in the Sky, like that type of music? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like more piano and like melody and kind of slow, but it just like, uh, you know, crescendos and builds up into like a more symphony and like triumphant kind of thing, which is, I don't know, it's motivational because it like starts off slow and then it just builds, which is always inspiring yeah. for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, that's cool. Uh, so I wanted to kind of go into a little bit more like behind the book and the yeah. fact that there is, I, there's a couple of poems in here that I've bookmarked that I wanted to uh, okay. touch on it. Sure. There was one that I thought <laughs> was really cool. Um, who was it? It was towards the end. It was a happy one. Oh, that's good. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was the one where it's, well, actually, no, we'll start with the, uh, the one that's like before and after. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, oh my like, gosh yeah it's yeah. like god and the devil i thought that one was awesome like it was so cool really? yeah you like mirrored it but it was like complete opposites i thought that was really cool i actually wrote that in my sophomore year of high school so really both both versions yeah they're from a really old journal and yeah i mean one so one i wrote when i was i mean think about when you're in high school you think you're in love whatever um i have always had a bad habit of dating older guys so i think i always got myself into some trouble as far as uh, relationships because of that but yeah so I wrote the first one when I was super in love with this guy and uh, I was like oh my god he's just like this I feel like I viewed him as just this heavenly person it was just ridiculous mm-hmm. um, and then I actually found out some unfortunate news about him uh, later that year and then I wrote the kind of mirrored version of it because I ended up pulling out my journal I was upset and I was like just scribbling all over these poems I had written just in abundance about this one person. And I was just like, Oh my God, like I am getting sick looking at these, but I didn't scribble all over that one. And I ended up just writing like a inverted version of it. So that's where that came from. And I actually, when I've gone through and read the book uh, before I actually submitted it to like kind of be finalized, I thought of taking it out because I was like, I just don't really like it. It's so old and it's like written from such a, like young perspective so I just don't really think in that way anymore as far as about men um but I was like whatever just leave it in because somebody might like it or resonate with it so it's worth leaving in the book I just think it was cool like artistically I thought I thought that was interesting you know how you just like flipped both of them and like you got to see both sides and like each line I think was done really well when they mirrored each other so I thought that was cool um and I wanted to talk about too so like a majority of this was like you wrote when you're really young Um, so there's probably about like 10 poems that are from that journal. I didn't put a lot from my journal, but like the ones that I thought were the most well-written, I did tweak them. I mean, obviously 
going from being like 16, 17 to almost 23, um, my vernacular has expanded. So I would replace some of the words and uh, clarify some of the things. But yeah, I mean, a lot, there's like, like I said, like 10. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Which one's your favorite? Out of the whole book? um, Honestly, uh, it's a ballad. It's a longer one. It's two and a half pages. Um, it's called Almost Love. And I wrote that. Uh, obviously, all these are based off of my own experiences. Yeah. Um, but I started writing a story about a year ago. Um, and I was like, thinking about how I wanted to incorporate that into here. So I decided to kind of take this, like early stage of a story I started and turn it into a poem. So that's what I did with that. I like it because I think for me, I sat and I really tried to like, write something that conveyed like a narrative in the mm-hmm. poem itself um, over the course of, you know, like two and a half pages. So I like it. It's probably the poem I'm most proud of, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It was like a full story kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's but yeah. Favorite. I think I remember that. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. That one was actually really good. It was, it was kind of long and some of like with my, I'm kind of the same way with ADHD, but um, for me, it's more reading. So like I, I lose my train yeah. of thought and I have to like, I was seriously, it takes me like 20 minutes to read, you know, three pages. Yeah, right. And so a big thing that I wanted to do with this, because I didn't want it to be like the type of book that would appeal to only one audience. I know that a lot of people like poetry books because of how simple they are. They're small. They're like, you know, one singular thought on each page, which I think people really like that. I know I like it in other poetry books that I've read, but I also wanted to incorporate more of like a story aspect to some of them. There's only mm-hmm. a few that are long, but. Yeah, so I kind of want to do a mix of the short and the long ones. Um, and so talking about kind of that first half, then it's like a lot of it's about like your experiences and like stuff with relationships. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you think kind of creates a toxic environment if the relationship starts out, you know, in a positive, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I think no relationship usually starts well if it's just right out of the gates there's no real friendship to it um I think I think the best relationships kind of blossom out of friendship and that's not always the case um like with my current boyfriend I mean we knew each other but we weren't like close friends but I think for the more toxic relationships that I had in my past um a I was like searching for somebody to emotionally depend on and b there was no like friendship there was no real like similarities similarities as far as personality granted you don't have to be super similar because you know opposites attract but um it was a purely like a like a emotional dependency and I think if you're not in a space like in a mental space to just be on your own and be comfortable being alone and spending time with yourself I don't think being in a relationship is ever gonna be the answer so um yeah I think that kind of perpetuates the toxic environment within a relationship yeah, definitely. And uh, going like kind of off of that with uh, like that dependability and like, you know, when someone is constantly like, you know, craving to be with someone or constantly talking to them and doing all these things, especially with like internet nowadays, you know, everyone is yeah. constantly like checking each other's phones and blocking this and whatever. And like so many things of controlling nowadays, it's like, it's so insane to see like people who are in middle school right now going through relationships and like what, you know, how controlling and how insane and toxic their, you know, love lives are. It's just like, Holy shit. I know you think about it and you're just, I mean, 
I think about when I was in middle school and, you know, you think of relationships that you might've had, but when you get older and you reflect on those relationships, you realize they weren't really of that, like of the same magnitude as they are now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like with social media, it's just, it, it's kind of forcing people to grow up much faster and not in the sense of acquiring more responsibility, but feeling like the more adult pressures. So feeling like you have to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or, you know, over-sexualizing yourself on the internet, all those things. It's just crazy. I'm yeah. I'm glad that we were in middle school during the time period that we were, because we like just missed it. We just missed where it really started. So yeah, it was like in middle mm-hmm. school, there was maybe someone who had like, you know, like you had iPod touches and like, that was what you had, you know, like, yeah, but that was it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, going, uh, kind of talking about that too, with, um, I lost my train of thought with comparing, uh, yeah, the <laughs> uh, people nowadays and then the attention spans, I guess, are getting shorter and shorter. And then, the um, along with that and like the, the need to feel accepted. So, you know, yeah. with like the TikTok and like people, um, like you're saying, getting, being in a relationship and sharing all these things online just to feel like they're doing something or, you know, they're getting this amount of likes right. or whatever else. It's just insane. Yeah. I, I kind of get freaked out about it when I think too in depth about the way that social media is shaping every aspect of our lives. I mean, when I look back on things that I posted when I was in middle school, I'm like, oh my God, like that's so embarrassing. You know, like you just don't really think in that capacity when you're that age to like, (laughs) to think about how it might affect you later, you know? And, uh, I couldn't even imagine having the access to all these different social media platforms that we do now back then. Um, because I think even when parents are trying to keep tabs on their kids and the internet, I think it's extremely hard because there's so many ways to like get around it. And there's so many different platforms that you would have to be trying to, you know, monitor your kids on and it's just impossible right. to do it all. So asking like from that, do you, why was the reason that you wanted to make like a paperback? You know, there's no, there's no digital <laughs> copy. Is there? There was, um, I ended up taking it down, um, because I didn't like the fact that it was showing the Kindle version of the cover, uh, on Amazon. Uh, it looks slightly different than this, but, uh, yeah, so we took it down. I might eventually put it back up, but for now I'm really cool. Just the paperback. I like yeah. having something tangible. Granted, you can have a Kindle or whatever, a nook. Um, but I just love books. I mean, I have... So I'm a weeb. I love anime and I like manga. So I have like just so many books and I enjoy like having something to physically touch. I feel like it makes it more personal. Um, People talk about the book smell, you know, things like that. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I would never want to see books become something entirely digital. So that's why I didn't, I mean, I could make more money selling it as just a digital version Mm -hmm. um, because you don't have to pay for printing and things like that. But um I just knew like I wanted to, if it's going to be a book, I want it to be a book that people can touch and can right. mark. And, you know, cause I highlight the shit out of my books, even just storybooks. I mean, I, and I bend them. They look so like they're well loved because they're, they look abused <laughs> because I, I'll go back and I'll read them and I'll highlight things. And yeah. So that's why well, I wanted to do a paperback. And that's one thing too, like that I love going back and like, I, I do the same thing with all the books that I read. So like you go yeah. back and read books that you read in high school and then there's all these markings and things you forgot about. It's like, Oh, I forgot. I read, like, you know, highlighted yeah. this or wrote this in the margin or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
And then I wanted to talk a little bit too about all the artwork that's on here. I thought the artwork okay. was super cool and the different pictures and stuff. Where did you get inspired to do those? Um, well, the so the, for the cover, it's actually based off of a painting that I did. Um, it's on my my normal Instagram. I did it in 2016. Mm-hmm. So I took that painting and I put it on the cover. I knew I wanted the cover to be kind of minimalistic because I think, A, it's kind of what's in um, as far as poetry books. So, I mean, I wanted to somewhat match like what's what people are interested in. Yeah. Um, uh, but I also wanted it to be something that actually was personal to me. So when I did the original painting for the cover, I was in a horrible place mentally. It was just really sad. So I was like, yeah, you know, it's called the art of hurting. And the lady on the cover was definitely hurting, uh, when she was created, but, uh, drawings inside. I don't know. I mean, I've always loved, I don't know if you've seen my paintings, but for some reason I always paint like naked crying women. It sounds extremely weird and morbid. Um, but I don't know why I do it. Um, so there's a couple of them in here and I didn't want to focus heavily on the art, like the drawings, I mean, mostly because it takes a lot of time and getting them from paper onto the computer, uh, like rendering them in a way that's going to look good, you know, on like a book printing page, it's hard and um, I just don't have the skills to do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I just kind of drew whatever and just stuck it in there. <laughs> There's a few of them that I thought were super cool. There's a, uh, where was it? So there's the one, well, I thought that was crazy towards the end when uh, it was in that third, um, the third section where the naked woman was really skinny and, you know, you yeah. can kind of see that. And I like going, mm-hmm. looking at the cover and then seeing that, you know, it's crazy to like, you know, just the different transformations and the different, I feel like you did a really good job, like complimenting the, the different areas in the book with uh, the drawing. So I thought that was super cool. Thank you. Yeah. I wanted that specific drawing to look, I wanted it to be beautiful and like kind of an ugly way. Um, I wanted to obviously make it look like she was like emaciated. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause my main thing, and I was kind of nervous in the beginning to write about eating disorders because I don't want people to think that I'm trying to romanticize it. Um, I'm actually just in the past couple of months, I've been more open about my struggles and it's actually helped me. I think coping, you need to be able to talk about it. Um, so that's why I put it in here. But I wanted to like portray it in a way that people understood, like it's an ugly thing that people deal with. So yeah, I'm writing poems about it and I'm drawing about it, but it's, it's ugly and it's hard. So Yeah. I can't even imagine like, well, uh, like there was one in here towards the end. Uh, the one, uh, I think you posted this on your Instagram, but I'm no stranger to my transformation, both good and bad. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that one I thought was really cool. And I like that one a lot. But because uh, it's just like, you know, you constantly are going through like, you know, this uh, revision of yourself, you know, you're constantly changing and like you will rise up and you'll, you know, do better and whatever else, because, you know, you can constantly change into who you want to become, even though the past isn't what you, you know, want to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, life is not just uh, like time is linear, but our personal journeys are all over the place. Like you're going, you might have a period of life where you're really doing well you feel like mentally you're in a great place I mean just a couple months ago I felt like I was mentally in one of the best places I've ever been and recently you know I've been kind of struggling again um but that doesn't mean that I'm completely set back it just means that I still have things to learn so yeah I mean transformation it's just always happening you might feel like oh I'm really in a low again but you know the good will eventually come again you just have to try to remind yourself it's so hard though sometimes 
Yeah, definitely. I can totally agree with that. And like, uh, I want to talk a lot or a little bit going on to kind of the more like when you're in those dark places, what, what helps you get out of them? How do you, how do you cope with those scenarios? You know, how do you, how do you get past those areas when you feel worthless? Yeah. I mean, I, so I'm a crier. I cry. I cry when I'm happy. I cry when I'm sad. I cry when I'm angry. Um, I mean, I can control it. Like I'm not going to just start crying in public, but, um, for me, um, I try not to bottle up like my tears. Um, so crying for me helps. I mean, scientifically it helps release endorphins. So, um, I just let myself feel things. And if that means I need to take some time to cry, like last night, I just was in a bad place, was feeling not so good. And I just spent a lot of the night kind of crying and watching things that made me laugh. Um, but when I'm really in a low spot besides crying, (laughs) um, I like to make lists. Um, I try to like organize my thoughts. I said earlier, I feel like I'm kind of all over the place, scatterbrained. So for me, I feel like I have to be visual, make lists about, you know, okay, why am I feeling overwhelmed? Let's make a list of some of the things I know I want to get done. Um, because for me, I, I procrastinate, but I never do it to the point where I don't do something. Um, so the way that I like deal with my anxiety and different stressors is just trying to like organize my days. Um, cause it's so hard when you're in school, you're working, you're just a person, you know, you obviously want to have a social life. So I just try to organize my thoughts as best as I can. So be it in lists, writing, um, and sometimes I just lay down and watch funny videos on YouTube. I can get lost in the YouTube for hours watching just weird, weird things, but it helps. So yeah, the YouTube holes you can go pretty deep and far as it's those deep. random videos you find. Oh yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I do a lot of different things and it kind of depends on the mood. Um, when you're uh, getting like in those emotional states, do you, uh, do you like to seek solitude and, you know, like be by yourself and cope with it? Or do you reach out to your friends and like, you know, hang out with your boyfriend or whoever else, your family or whatever? Yeah. So, um, I, maybe like a couple years ago, I was more wanting to reach out and be with people. And I didn't want to be alone when I was sad. Like I felt like I needed to be distracted. Um, I'm not like that now. I mean, there are times granted where I do want to reach out to my friends. Um, but most of the time I do like to just be alone and kind of get in my own little world. Um, because I, I think a lot of people probably feel like this, but a lot of times now that I'm older, I don't really like to tell people about my issues because I don't want them to think that I'm trying to like get attention or get sympathy. Um, which I know my friends wouldn't think that way anyway, but I, you know, it's, for me, it's like an internal struggle mentally. Like I think that's what they're going to think if I try to come to them needing help. So, yeah, I mean, I spend a lot of times by myself. I don't really talk to my family. I mean, if, if you've read the middle section, I love my family, obviously, but I think a lot of people like in high school assumed that I had this like really amazing life, like with my family. Cause I think I would go to school and I try to pretend like, that I was like, had money and that I had everything together. And I just like, that's just not the truth. So no, I don't talk to my family about my issues at all because as much as I love them, they just don't give me the support that I would need. Uh, I think a lot of people, uh, and one thing I know that I want to do as a parent is I'm never going to tell my child, well, you shouldn't feel that way because that's not how emotions work. You know, you're going to feel it 
um, the best things sometimes that you can say to somebody is just like, I can't possibly understand what you're going through, but I want you to know that I'm here for you. You know, and if you want to talk, we can talk. If you just want to sit in silence, we can sit in silence. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I do spend a lot of time alone. My boyfriend, Jared, isn't here. He's deployed. So he's been gone for almost a year now. Um, so that's definitely been a struggle. And it took a lot of getting used to because I think when you're in a long-term relationship, getting a little bit dependent on them for certain things, it's just the, it's the inevitable. So I had to kind of break that habit. But I think it's been a really good thing for me. Although I find myself struggling at times, I'm glad that I've kind of learned how to deal with things on my own without always having to run to him, even though I do cry to him on the phone sometimes. (laughs) Which I think is healthy too, you know? Yeah. I mean, you can't handle everything by yourself. Definitely. I think that was really good advice too earlier. We were talking about like the parent that you want to be to your kids. I think that's awesome. That's totally, you know, that communication is huge. With the, uh, so kind of on a more positive note, like what, what brings you the most fulfillment and the most excitement, you know, what gets you, you know, like excited to set your alarm for 4am and wake up because you're going to go do something in the morning because you're that happy to go do it. Um, so I have such a weird outlook on life sometimes, but I guess when I'm things that motivate me or make me feel happy or excited to get up in the morning are like having things to do. feeling like I'm not wasting my days. Obviously like today I didn't do much of anything. I kind of just laid around and that's what I needed. Uh, some mental recovery, but most of the time I like to find something to do, which is why I found myself writing a lot more because I like to feel like I have purpose. Not to say that I, you don't have purpose if you're not doing something productive or constructive with your time. But for me, if I'm not trying to at least do something, I feel like I just like spiral into this kind of, I don't know, mindset of feeling like, what am I doing with my life? Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. You know, and uh, 2020, I mean, is a crapshoot anyway. So like, it's fine to not do anything. Like, that's just what right. it is. Like, what can we do? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody tell me. Yeah, but I totally agree with you. I'm definitely an objective kind of person where I need to have like goals to set for myself, even if it's goals for the day, goals for the week or whatever, you know, I have to, I have to have some sort of task that I have to complete because it's just how my brain works. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I feel like I'm not, yeah, like you said, I'm not being productive or I feel lazy. Or I don't feel like I'm, you know, I don't feel like I'm being good enough for myself. Or I'm not, I'm letting myself yeah. down from not getting these things done. But. Yeah. I mean, and I, so people have always told me that I, I'm not good at just being in the present. I find myself dwelling in the future, dwelling in the past way too much. Um, so I got to work on learning how to just be content with the now instead of constantly thinking about, Oh my God, okay, what do I need to do? Like, how am I going to make my life better? Cause like I said, I do make lists and I like to organize my thoughts, but sometimes I let it just completely take over my mind and I start getting worried about things that haven't even happened. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I have to try not to do that because it's just unhealthy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's really easy to get overwhelmed too, especially with like really big things that, you know, you've never experienced before. So you, your head goes through the hundred different scenarios of what could happen. And for whatever yeah. reason, our brain always thinks of the negative thing first. We never think about the positive outcome first. I don't know why, but that's just what humans do. Honestly. And kind of, like I said, just a couple months ago, maybe like pre COVID, I was in a really good mindset. Um, and I feel like this whole thing has just really taken a toll on people. And that's why 
you know, I'm so glad that there's so much positive social change taking place. I think that people also have to remember that like people are really struggling. People are out here struggling and it's a tough time for pretty much everybody. So, you know, we have to try not to be so hard on ourselves about what we're not doing, what we are doing, what we should be doing. So it's all a learning curve. Yeah, definitely. Um, I wanted to go back and dive into more of the uh, poems of that school and ask more about them. Oh, of course. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so let's see this. Where is it? The one that says, um, the one about your grandma. Uh, oh, yeah. My, yeah, my grandma always told me. I love that one. I thought that one was pretty cool. I really enjoyed reading that one. I wanted to, what was, like, was that one more recent or what was the inspiration behind that story? Yeah, that one's pretty recent. Um, so I was I was mostly raised, like, parented by my grandparents. I lived with my mom for a good amount of time, and we have a good relationship now that we're not, you know, living together, things like that. But um, my grandparents, I would say, took more of the mom and dad type of figures in my life. Um, my grandma and I have a really weird relationship. I feel like I can talk to her about things at the same time. My grandma's only ever been a mom. She had kids super young. She was married at like 17. So it's all she's ever known. So I feel like I just go through things that she doesn't understand. And I try not to like falter too much for it. But with that poem, like my grandma's a dancer. She's always loved to dance. I was a dancer. I love to dance. Um, and I used to have this little dress that I would dance around in like for hours when I was little, like a toddler. And I would like put on these shows through my grandparents and they would just sit and watch like for hours. They just let me go. And, you know, just this little tiny human dancing around like a crazy person and they just would watch. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I feel like with my grandma, she's taught me a lot of things, but the biggest thing is that you just got to dance through the pain sometimes. Like you just have to do it. You know, you can't let the really hard things that you're going through just completely stop your life. Now, depending on what that is, it's easier said than done. But I tried to not, to not let myself get too like, I don't know. I feel like I'm contradicting myself because I'm such a depressing person sometimes, but I guess the main thing is just to try to like get through it. You know, it's, there's going to be difficult days and yeah, you just got to dance through the pain. <laughs> Well, no, I think it's like, I really liked it because I thought that, you know, like you got to feel it and you have to, you know, like you have to feel those emotions, but you know, you can have fun with it and you can kind of come out of it and like, you know, have make the most out of the scenario. Like that's what I, yeah. my perspective from reading it, you know, like you were saying, you just like, you're dancing through it. So you're, you know, you're experiencing it and you're going through it, but you're still making, you're enjoying the most of it or you're playing through it. You know what I mean? So you're kind of I yeah. guess, I, yeah, from my view, you're doing, like, both of the things. Um, yeah, I like hearing your perspective. It's weird hearing people, like, how they interpreted your writing. It's so strange. You're like, oh, yeah, I guess I didn't really think of it from that perspective. Because I kind of did, but at the same time, like, I don't know. I really enjoy hearing people's perspectives because I'm like, it just shows how writing, it just resonates differently with everybody. Mm -hmm. yeah definitely that's what like I can relate to that too people respond to my writing and they you know like oh I thought about this when and I was just like wow I never like I wasn't thinking about that when I was writing it but it's really cool that you know you had yeah, that it's amazing but um that's one uh thing too I want to talk about with what do you uh, what's your goal with writing you know what do you want to uh like why why do you write I guess well in all honesty so when I decided that I wanted to just really pursue the book 
it started because, so like I said, I've read poetry in the past and I'm like reading through these poems and I'm like, you know, I could do this. I was like, I already have so much, uh, you know, little snippets in my phone. I have my journal. I was like, I could, I could do this. Like, why don't I just do it? I like to write. I like art. Um, and this would be a really, you know, positive way to use my time of being, you know, furloughed from work. So it's mostly what I wrote, uh, the grand majority of it, but my goal. So I graduate in two weeks and I'm going to stay working, um, at Best Buy cause I really love it. it's a great company. Um, and I'm just going to kind of chill there for a while and really focus on writing. So I submitted this to a couple publishers and, you know, who knows what will happen. One can hope that they will like it. Um, it takes usually like upwards of three months to even hear back. So I'm just trying to be positive about it. But um, in the meantime, I'm going to keep working on a part two for this guy. And I'm also working on an actual story. Oh, so I've cool. got it all mapped out. So I would really like to pursue it as like a career. I mean, it's just one of those things where you feel like, oh, it just sounds impossible. But I mean, shit, the best you can do is try your hardest. And if it doesn't work out, I mean, I'm super happy with the way that people have received this already. And it's... I, it's by no means like a famous book, but just having the smaller like group of people. I mean, I've had a lot of people that I didn't even realize really cared for me or liked me in that way. Like people that I went to high school with um, have sent me really nice messages and really positive things about it. And that to me made it like completely worth it. And I put so many hours into this book. I mean, I didn't realize how much time it would take to do this. You know, when you don't have an editor, when you you're, you don't know how to use, you know, Adobe Illustrator and you're struggling to make a cover and you're trying to like render the pages and you're researching copyright because you just don't know anything about it. And so for me, it was such a learning experience overall. And I guess that's a benefit to having a publisher because they literally do all those things for you. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can say that I did this myself and it makes me feel really good. It's like my baby and I'm, I'm like super proud of it. So yeah, I wanted to talk about that too. So I didn't know that. I was curious. You did this whole thing yourself, you know, all the editing, you did the cover, you did all the yeah. drawings, all of it. Yeah. So people think, you know, to publish a book that you have to have a publisher. And that's the beauty of the internet these days is you don't. The hardest part is constructing it, getting a physical copy and uh trying to market it. So yeah, I mean I did this all uh Google Docs. Uh you can adjust the page setup so this is a standard trade size book it's uh, six by nine it's actually I mean it's kind of tedious to put drawings in there but it's fairly simple to do it if you look up a couple tutorials YouTube was my best friend um, and then yeah I mean you upload a PDF once you've proofread it on the Amazon you can use this uh, it's called Kindle Direct Publishing um, and yeah I mean you can order some proof copies I have uh, these are all proof copies <laughs> of wow. the book. Yeah. So this was the very first one. It's much thinner than the original, but yeah. So I, you order these copies, you have to pay for them yourself every time, which again, that's a downside of doing it yourself. You're mm. putting your own money into it. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's totally possible to do on your own. It just comes down to how badly do you want to actually do it? So yeah, that's uh, it's a lot of work, but super fulfilling and rewarding and when I finally got the hard copy of it being done I like definitely teared up it just felt like it just felt good it was an accomplishment regardless of the size an accomplishment is an accomplishment so. right well yeah to say that you wrote a book and that you're like quote unquote an author is kind of cool you know that you have uh, your, a book on Amazon you know 
Yeah, it's it's so weird feeling. It's cool though. I like it. <laughs> what uh what's like something that you learned or something that you wish you would have been able to tell yourself prior to going into the process of making this book? You know, what do you know now that you wish you knew beforehand? Um I wish I would have um just so, I mean, this is one of those things where you're only going to learn it in doing it, but I yeah. really started writing it uh, through a PDF document and uh, just thought, how am I going to make a book out of this? Like, I have all these words on all these pages, but I have no idea what I'm doing. And so I think um, if I would have just understood fully that it's it's going to take time, but it's possible, all these things can be done by yourself and it's not as hard as you think, um, I would have probably done it much faster and much earlier in my life. So, I mean, I thought there was going to be way more hoops to jump through as far as like getting illustrations in there. I thought it was going to take a lot of, uh, like, um, to use Adobe illustrator for things like that. Uh, I thought it would be much harder, but you didn't even really need to use Adobe illustrator for these. You could, if you wanted to, I used it for the cover, but I just did little sketches and looked up a YouTube video on how to, you know, take sketches and put them online. And it was pretty simple. So yeah, I think for me, it just, if I would have known sooner that it's actually possible, I would have done it probably years ago. That's awesome. That's insane. That's really inspiring too. You're just like, <laughs> it makes me, cause I had a book that was kind of half started and I like do it. Yeah. But it. I don't know. It wasn't, I wasn't excited about it. So I just kind of left it, you know, halfway through and I used a book, right. Sure. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's no. like, a, it's the same kind of, it's like a book writing, you know, application basically so it gives the whole format of everything and you can do it's actually pretty fun and it's free too so it gives you a lot of freedom you can pay for it for you know a lot more features or whatever but the basic version is pretty intuitive too um but yeah I did like half of it and then I don't know I kind of kept going back and forth about it because a lot of it was I don't know I didn't think that it was it wasn't what I wanted to produce or like you know okay publish and share yeah. so it's just like i'm gonna put it on the back burner for now and come back to it at a later date but sure that makes sense yeah um, your own worst worst critic for sure yeah definitely that's like a constant i feel like mm-hmm. do uh especially so, if you're a creator yeah what was are, are there some poems in here or that didn't make it that you kind of wish you did or that you might you know you want to save for something else or like that you might use yeah, there was a few that I took out. Um, and I mostly did it because I already knew that there were going to be things in here that were potentially going to be triggering. I used to hate that word or, you know, the phrase of being triggered. Um, and then I actually, as somebody who struggles with um, an eating disorder, I, I then was able to see like seeing certain things is very triggering. I have been triggered in a sense to kind of pick up old habits um, based on things that I've read or seen. So I already knew that some of that was going to be in here and that maybe for some person out there who reads it, it might affect them in a negative way. And so that made me nervous to keep some in here. Um, But I took some out that were regarding, um, I don't know how to, I want to use this lightly, but types of like sexual assault. Um, because I think a lot of people that is a really, really sensitive topic and it's not something that I really wanted to throw in here. I didn't feel like it fit a specific section. Um, I was like, okay, I could put it in the more relationship based section, but I just felt like it was one of those things that I didn't need to have in here because this was already super personal to me. And I was nervous and had reservations about basically publishing my journal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, 
I was like, you know, I don't need anything else in there. I mean, I'm talking about it here, so I'm not afraid to talk about those things, but I didn't want the wrong person to read something like that. And like I said, I'm kind of a, I can be a, such a depressing type of person at times. Mm-hmm. And these specific poems were written in a very dark light. So I just didn't want to just bring that, bring the vibe even to just an even darker place. I didn't want to take it there. Yeah. Well, I thought like, you know, honestly it was dark and it was like a very sad, uh, like poetry book, but I also thought it was really beautiful. And like a lot of the stories, you know, they're like, they don't end well. And a lot of them are like very, you know, like they just make you think about your own, you know, pain that you've gone through, Yeah. which I think is like, that's part of it too, you know, cause it makes you think yeah. about like, oh, yeah, like I went through something similar, but like I grew through that just like she did here or whatever, you know, it's, it's cool that uh, you can relate to so many different stories and like we were talking about earlier, how you can mm-hmm. take it from your own perspective and then kind of relate to it. But. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely wanted it to be something. So I spoke to somebody about this as well. They asked like, well, what is like the purpose behind it? What made you feel like you wanted to write about these specific topics? Um, and although, like I said, I had existing poems and pieces in my phone, I just wanted to like emphasize the aspect of not bottling up your emotions and not like pushing them to the side and shoving them in some closet, never opening it or maybe opening it in like 10 years when you've just carried this heavy burden. So I wanted a, I feel like if you don't allow yourself to really feel the pain of certain situations, you're just never going to be able to get over them. And for me, I did that for a long time, just tried to like brush it aside and act like it wasn't something that was actually affecting me. And then when I started realizing and being like, yeah, I have like these traumas, but that doesn't mean, you know, I'm broken or anything. Um, it just means I just need to try to grow through it more. And yeah, I don't know. It's a dark book, but it's, uh, it's real. (laughs) No, definitely. No, I can totally, uh, I know where you're coming from with that. Like in high school, I did the same thing. I, I would, you know, put away different memories and scenarios and things and just like pretend they didn't happen or, you know, not acknowledge them just like, Oh, whatever. And it's like, that's such an unhealthy way to deal with things. You know, it's, it's so sad though. Like, you know, you just ignore things that happen in your life because you don't want to talk about it or, you know, go through that, uh, the pain and that emotion. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I tried to pull some things from my journal too, because God, like high school was horrible for me. I mean, I think about it and, although I have good memories, I just think about so much that happened in high school or I'm just like, holy shit. Like I would never want to relive that. And it was horrible. And I went through a lot of stuff where I just tried to like act like it wasn't existing in my life. Um, but it was, and yeah. So a lot of things about those time periods for me were written in this journal. And I was like, I'm going to put that in there. Cause this is not a happy person at the time. Right. Uh, kind of switching gears a little bit. Yeah, I yeah to, let's do that. <laughs> Make happiness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what the podcast is about, right? So I feel like we got to touch on that a little bit. Yeah, let's yeah, let's do it. Let's uh, change the, uh, the vibe. <laughs> so what, uh, like, are there some routines or some things that you do in your daily life that kind of, you know, keep you motivated or keep you excited or keep you energetic and keep you from going into those dark places or things you do to kind of prevent that? Yeah. Um, so I like to listen to music. I think that's probably a lot of people's answer. Um, I mean, music, it's, it's very similar to poetry. I mean, it is poetry. It's just, you're singing it. Um, so I listen to music. I try to get outside 
one thing that I really love doing, and this is actually something that I just recently picked up and I don't recommend everybody doing it depending on what area you're in. Cause it's not super, I feel like it's kind of dangerous, but I'll like go park my car in a parking lot. And usually I find parking lots that are kind of secluded, which that's what I'm saying. Like you probably shouldn't always do that, but, um, I like to just sit in my car cause I live with my grandparents. So I don't have a ton of privacy. I love just being alone in my car on a nice day, looking out the window and either bringing a book or bringing my physical journal to write in or just writing on my phone, watching videos. Um, I don't know. I've grown to really like being alone probably more than I should. <laughs> no, I, um, I know what you mean. Like I'll definitely like some of my favorite, you know, experiences are when I just go after work, I go on a bike ride and go hang out by a lake or go, go hammocking yeah. or just sitting right outside or like, go somewhere completely alone in a forest or by some water and just sit there and like, you know, stare at nothing for a couple hours. Like exactly. It's, it's it is, it's a good practice. Um, it's in good practice to make good company of yourself. Um, my grandma, my other grandma who lives in Wisconsin actually told me that. Um, huh. yeah, she's like, you just can't be happy with somebody else. Um, if you just can't learn to be content alone. So yeah. I like to spend time with myself and focus on things that I want out of my life. And I also have um, a notebook and I haven't been doing this as much as I should, but I had made it a pretty routine thing where at the end of the day, I'd kind of write down what things I did that were good, what areas could have been better. Um, and then I, I'm a more spiritual person than just outwardly religious, but like I have a Bible. Um, I'll go through it sometimes and find things that I feel like resonate with me and I'll write like a quote down on the same page. And I do that with lots of different quotes too. So yeah, I think reflecting at the end of the day is good too. Oh, definitely. I tried to, uh, I used to do this a lot more, but I don't do it as much, but I tried to write at least once a day. Now it's more mm -hmm. like three times a week, but yeah. I, um, I used to always try and write at the end of the day about things that I was like super excited about or things that I was really grateful for that happened throughout the day. And I think that was a huge like energy booster because it, you know, it comes back to that or like gratification as far as the things that are so simple in our lives that we always overlook, like sitting in your car in a parking lot, you know, like yeah. sometimes it's super enjoyable. Like, you know, it's people, I think get with how fast paced our world is today. People forget yeah. about these small things that's, you know, mean the most. Yeah. I mean, people have responsibilities like for me, like with school and work. Yeah. I was so, always so tired between those two activities where I just would just come home, watch TV and go to bed. And for some people, that's what they like to do. Um, and that's totally fine. But for me, I'm so thankful for this book because it kind of this physical thing right here kind of solidified the fact that writing is something that I really enjoy. So that's why I want to like throw myself more into it now that I'll have more time. And I find myself writing. I try to write once a day, just like you said. Um, so, but I'm really going to try to do it because I really do love to write. I have always liked to do it. And I feel like I love to paint as well. Um, but for many years, I kind of felt like, God, I just don't feel like I have like that one thing that I'm like super passionate about. Um, but here it was like sitting on the back burner, like this whole time with like these journals and these notes in my phone and random post-it notes. And I didn't realize like it wasn't evident to me that this is something that I really, really am passionate about. So, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah. I love when I like see other friends and past, you know, like old friends who are discovering those things about themselves, you know, these that get, you know, like, 
oh, my old friend from middle school just published a book. Like, what? That's insane. It's, it makes me so excited. And, like, other friends are doing really great things, like, in music. And, you know, they go to concerts or they're in concerts or they're doing film yeah. or whatever. They, like, it's awesome to see, you know, people who pursue their own creative or not even, you know, like, their, their own passion. And they're actually, you know, dedicating and taking action throughout their life to pursue it. So, Definitely. Yeah. And it's always crazy. I feel like when you see people that you knew as like a middle schooler or maybe even elementary school and you see them doing like these types of things, because you just remember them as like this tiny little person and just so young and naive. And yeah, I mean, it's, I love listening to people uh, talk about their passions. Like I have a coworker, Kyle Johnson. He's an amazing photographer and he does like astro uh, photography. I mean, it looks like he's shooting for Nat Geo. It's pretty insane. And I love listening to him talk about it at work because there's just a different energy when somebody's talking about what they really love. So it's great. Oh, I love hearing it. Yeah, definitely. You can tell yeah. there's like a different, yeah, there's a different energy, you know, there's so like, yeah, I know, I know exactly what you mean. Um, so we're getting close to wrapping up. So I got yeah. two more topics for you. Uh, okay. First one is uh, what does make happiness mean to you? How do you mm. define make happiness? Um, I would define make happiness as something within yourself. I think it's something that you have to, you got to do some soul searching. You got to find the things that make you happy. And sometimes it's not hard to pick them out, um, or to see them like I just kind of said. So I think happiness stems from you, regardless of all the chaos going on around you. Um, God knows everybody has their own difficulties and struggles are going through all the time with family, friends, relationships, you know, work. Um, but I think like you owe it to yourself to find ways to be a happier person, find things that you love, try different hobbies. If you don't know, if you don't feel like you have like one thing, just try a bunch of different things. Um, so yeah, I think it's a, it's a soul searching. That's what I think make happiness is. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. And then, um, last but not least, is there, is there something else that we didn't talk about or some other things you want to add or what else do you want to share? You know, final words with the people listening all, you know, six people probably. Hey, whatever. <laughs> um, I, well, the first thing I want to say is, uh, thanks to the people who bought my book. It makes me feel really, it made me feel really like just happy because like I kind of said earlier, there were people that I never would have thought would have been supportive for me who have been so supportive. Uh, I mean, people that I thought hated me, like, um, you know, cause I'm an insecure bitch, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, I just want to say thanks. People have supported me. That makes me feel really good. And, uh, I guess for anybody who listens, I hope that if you have something like an idea just to try to do it, just try, I mean, that's all you can do. You don't have to not try something because you think it's, there's no way it's going to be successful or, you know, there's no way I'm ever going to, you know, sell a million albums or books or you know, whatever it may be. I mean, just try because chances are there's somebody out there that will like what you're doing and it'll resonate to them. So if it's just one person, I think it's worth it to try and do it. That's awesome. Yeah. I, that was perfect. <laughs> um, so yeah, podcast done. Thank you for yeah. listening. I appreciate every one of you go buy her book. It's on Amazon. It's called the art of hurting. I'll link, uh, her Instagram and social media things in the description so you can follow her and read some of the poems that she shared on there and see what she's up to now. So, uh, cool. Thank you. And always remember and make happiness. <laughs>